Hi, it's what a, what a privilege today to hang out with my friend Phil. In fact, this, we just got to meet each other this, this uh, week for the first time. We've talked on the phone, but Phil Manginelli is a, a pastor in Atlanta and is a YWAMer, uh, been a part of our YWAM family for years. And he just, uh, he, he's bringing some just wonderful truth in such a compassionate way. And, and I just thought, man, it'd be great for you to get, get a chance to, to meet Phil and, and to hear from him because and we, we live in a world right now that is so volatile, you know, and as Christians, we're, we're really trying to, to walk out biblical Christianity, biblical Christian worldview, and yet do it with tremendous compassion. And I've rarely run across a man of God that is able to kind of blend those two, stand for truth, but do it with such a gracious compassion that it's just so Jesus-like, you know, he'll be embarrassed that I said it that way, but, <laughs> but, but I just love, you know, Phil, I just uh, appreciate, appreciate you so much and, and would love to uh, just, just have you maybe give, uh, give us some wisdom on, you know, the world that we live in right now, how would you advise us to, to engage it with truth yeah. and yet compassion? Yeah. Well, thanks. First of all, thank you. I mean, it's just really meaningful to me to, uh, well, not only what you shared, just to be a part of this, and you know, for me, it's so interesting because you know we all know the phrase "once a once a YWAMer, always a YWAMer." But um, but then also, uh, you know, my wife is pioneering a school of biblical studies, and so I don't even know what that means now. Like I don't know now. My you know, she's a she is now now yeah. a YWAMer. Does yeah. that make me still now a YWAMer? I don't know. Those are these are questions I don't have answers to yet. But but I do, and I just want to say that um, not only do I love. Uh, why we and I'm indebted to it. You know, the truth is, my oh, the God rescued my life in the midst of why and poured into my life in a way that um, I know I'm just in everything that I get to do, you know, uh, come and be a blessing in the midst of of why And so I just want to say thank you. It's uh, an honor for me to our be honor. honest. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and I, I think that we really do live in such a complex world and i i would even say just being willing to admit that is is a as a starting point of just going there is a, there is something that's happening in our life in the midst of cultural change in the midst of technology in the midst of shift that that sometimes even the ability to just go hey this is complex and it's hard is almost like the starting point where we need to give ourselves permission to just recognize we're facing challenges that that some of the simplicity of things we've held on to or understood, um, it's okay that sometimes it goes, I feel like something's missing. I feel like there's gaps being created. And I think for me, what I would say is that we have to understand that there's a reason behind this change. Mm. And this change that we're experiencing in our culture, this change that we're experiencing in the church, these new questions, new situations, and we, I could list it, right, from everything that we know. We're, we're, we're now walking through profound issues around sexuality. We're now walking through profound issues around race and injustice. We're now walking through profound issues around um, biblical authority. We're now walking through a, a brand new day where, where questions around gender fluidity are are now in front of us and how we respond, political affiliation in the midst of things like deconstruction. And, and we, you know, we have the, the reality of, of a moment where mega churches and celebrity Christian culture is kind of having a, an exposure of forms. Mm. And yet we're wrestling with what the church is. We're wrestling with what the gospel is. They're, the clear mm. lines of Christianity feel really blurred. Mm. 
And sometimes you're like, I think, you know, there's that sense that says some of that blur, maybe there are things that we thought were clear that weren't the right clarity. And then maybe there are things that are getting blurred that can't be blurred. And then so you feel like you're bouncing back and forth. And especially the, what I love about YWAM, which is true of, of why there's such an affinity. We just want to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to, I'm not here to, to uphold anything else. I, I don't have any value in in, uh, in in keeping any tradition or structure or idea that isn't actually rooted in Jesus. So I'm willing to let false things mm-hmm. go. And I think that's part of what makes YWAM so special is that sense of even in the origins, right? It's, it's this community that says, hey, the false boundaries mm-hmm. that said you can't go on the mission field until blank. Right. False boundaries that says, you know, uh, you, that, 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 that you as a young person can't actually spend your life mm-hmm. to go into this idea of, uh, on the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, this is part of what makes YWAM culture what it is, is it has actually in its DNA wants to remove some of those false boundaries that, right. that Jesus can move among the people. But but then when you carry that, right, which is a strength, it also has this shadow side almost, this weakness where then you you don't always know what are the boundary lines and how do we mm-hmm. do this. And, and I think this is one of those moments where we have to know what they are. Mm-hmm. And we have to get back to going, sure. why did this change yeah. take place? What is it clarifying? Yeah. What is the truth of Jesus? And then how do I, how do I run? Sure. How do I run in that? But without, without knowing all of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes of why this is taking place, I think we're, we're going to answer the wrong questions. That's so good. I, I, we kind of stepped into that as we tried to figure out how to respond, especially in social media. It didn't matter which way, how we responded. We, there, was gonna, there was a reaction to it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you're sharing some things here this week with us in our community that are just so helpful in understanding the backdrop and give us a framework to actually have a Christ-like response. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And, and I, I think that we, this is a moment where we, we have to, as the church in whatever form, right, as, but from the local church to YWAM to everything in the middle, as the church, as God's people, mm-hmm. we have to enter into the conversation with the pathways. Mm-hmm. Like it's time for that. I think that we're in that shift where we've all been walking through these seasons mm-hmm. and now there is that place where it's time to offer pathways mm-hmm. for help. Oh, yeah. wow. So good. So good. You, you shared some, some statistics about where we are as a, a body of Christ right now. Uh, that was really shocking to me in some ways, you know, just the drift of walking away from, mm-hmm. from Christianity. I don't know. Um, you know, is is are some of these pathways some of the ways to draw people back to the you know yeah. serving Jesus authentically, or what would you say to that? Yeah, well, I think when you look at what's happening, and you know, you have this um, really this massive walking away that's mm-hmm. happened in Western culture, and distinctly is happening in America. People would say, well, there are things that have happened. Yeah, you know, these are things that have been happening in Europe for a while, which is true. America is a unique place, so the story is going to be unique here, just like it was, but. There really has been this historic falling away, and 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 even in the American context, right? That that uh, now where not only this shifting away mm-hmm. to a non-religious perspective identity, but it's attached to a very post-Christian identity. And I think I think what we can see in that is how did we how did we get here? You know, how did this happen? How do you go from? Uh, uh, you know, even the Jesus movement, I don't, I don't want to speak in big terms of, of a 
Christian nation to a non-Christian nation because I even think that framework is a little flawed. Mm. Um, but I think not. I would need more time to unpack that. I'm sure. just saying. I, I, right. but, sure. but I, so, so go, how did we go from a Jesus mm-hmm. movement, a genuine work of revival mm-hmm. in our nation, uh, out of out of the post-Christian kind of identity of the '60s and '70s? You have this massive movement to then this 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 through technology that this you know boom of church growth and and what happens in the church in the '80s and how do, how do we get there? And then 40 years later, we are a post-Christian, post-atheist culture with Christianity and a rapid decline and people you never expected to walk away from Jesus, walked away from Jesus. Mm. I mean, this this thing that I've, and you and I have experienced, yeah. it, it's not just that I was like, oh yeah, I had this friend and they were always kind of in and out. No, I mean, I stood shoulder to shoulder with people who Absolutely. I thought would die for the gospel yeah. who have renounced it. How did mm. we get there? What happened in this? And I would say that the, the, the key is that this has been the cultural beliefs of secularism have so taken over. Mm. And as a Christian community, we didn't have either, we couldn't or we chose not to. I wasn't alive in the midst of it. So I can't speak to the clarity of what happened or the why behind that. But I can tell you this, there was a place where formation Mm. that should have been, um, been the focus of the Christian community, both in church life and in home life and in education life, the idea of spiritual formation, the, the discipleship of, right. of walking people into the way of Jesus and even recognizing that this following Jesus is a, an apprenticeship. It, mm. is a, it is a coming unto Jesus, to, mm. to he as now Lord, Savior, Master, comes and now we are his disciples and as disciples we learn the way of Jesus and we get sanctified into his image through the process of discipleship through the power of the Holy Spirit and that but this is a formation process and it is a central vision of Christianity that we come to Jesus right Philippians 2 almost gives a little bit of this picture of right that that uh, that shine like stars in the midst of a of a of a, of a broken world I'm, I'm First you know, yeah using you know rough phrases around the Bible, which is not great, but this, uh, <laughs> but this whole vision, right? But, he, but it's just to work out your salvation with fear and mm-hmm. trembling. And that, that, that's almost like always been an interesting language for Christians. Like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, he's talking about that. This is what Jesus does. He does this salvation. Mm-hmm. First of all, through salvation, mm-hmm. he does this incredible work within us. But then in his life, he does this work of freedom. He, he saves you, he rescues you, mm-hmm. he frees you. He, you know, these moments happen, but you know what he doesn't does? It doesn't change your friend group. It doesn't change your habits. doesn't change your mode of operation. doesn't change right. the way you think. doesn't change who you listen to. And you have to work out this salvation mm-hmm. through the fear of the Lord into every single part of your life. That's a formation process. And there, we could go through every part of the Bible and mm-hmm. talk about how we see that. But in this, that got abandoned. I mean, yeah. I have no other way to say it. It sure. just got completely abandoned. Yeah. And it was, and then we look at, there was fault. So even, you know, people, uh, our age and a little bit older will know about the things of the younger generation is things like the shepherding movement, mm-hmm. things like this. Mm-hmm. People who tried to pick up some of that mm-hmm. uh, idea, but then it was legalistic, mm-hmm. it was controlling. Mm-hmm. And so even where this thing got lost, where it got re-picked up was so pharisaical mm-hmm. and so religious and so mm-hmm. cultish in some ways. Mm-hmm. People just uh, ran the other way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I have other thoughts and, and Mm-hmm. why that is it would probably take us on some rabbit trails but i think at the end of the day what we can look at is we abandoned mm-hmm. spiritual formation as the central 
way of, of, of discipleship in the church. We, we left it as optional and we made, and I, I, we, I'm, I'm a big fan of church, I'm a pastor, sure, sure. and I believe the big gathering of whatever that is, the, the large gathering of a community, whether that large mm-hmm. gathering is 50 or 5,000, I, I think all styles of church, mm-hmm. God can move in mm-hmm. and God needs, sure. and wants to use all of the church, so I'm a fan mm-hmm. of all of the church. But I'm saying, whatever your church is, I believe the large gathering has a unique place. So what mm-hmm. I'm about to say is not an antagonistic statement. To that. Sure. I believe in the large gathering, and I believe churches shouldn't abandon mm-hmm. it. But there's no denying that we basically said the large gathering is everything and discipleship is optional. Mm-hmm. And it is a lie. Mm-hmm. And there is a place that we have to recognize that why we got here is because when we stopped forming mm-hmm. people in the way of Jesus, when we stopped making disciples when we stopped valuing this formation didn't stop mm-hmm. just everybody got discipled by someone else and i think part of it was buying into a little bit of a lie and I, I, you know in some ways i might push on people in this about there was the assumption that america and the american dream were christian concepts mm-hmm. and again this is a complex conversation sure. i'm not saying there isn't christian identities mm-hmm. woven into them but there was this place of going well i can hand off I can follow the American dream and follow Jesus. Mm. Well, I can put my kids in any kind of education system and they'll get formed into mm. that. I can, I can hand off the spiritual formation of my children to church. Mm-hmm. I can put a little bit of TV into my life. I can welcome this into my life. And, and it's, again, I'm not, I don't want to be a Pharisee either. I like some shows on Netflix too. And I think that's okay. I think there is a godly joy that can come in entertainment sure. at forms and times. Mm-hmm. So I'm, but, but when you get to the point where you realize, Oh, I watched, Netflix 30 times as much as I read my Bible. To, to not think that that's not forming you, mm-hmm. that's not shaping you, that we have now invited technology into a place in our lives where we are consumed by our integrated lives more than we're consumed with a place mm-hmm. of prayer, to, to, to realize most people you know, come to church, you know, I don't know, 35 times a year. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking an hour to an hour and 20 minutes, 35 times a year is most people's formation. You compare that to the amount of time they're embedded in relationships and work in reading and secular concepts. This is the inevitable thing that will happen. Sure. And they're therefore the, so the pathway forward is beginning to name and discern, um, what's done this to us. And then, and then it is the process of intentional spiritual formation, right. and the response will have mm-hmm. to be, you know, this is the place, you know, uh, this is a story about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. My friend John, you know, tells it much better, but it, it it's that you know place where Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the moment when was was when you read the Cost of Discipleship, like this is a radical book. It's an intense book, and his book even on you know. Uh, community and, and life together. This, these, these are not for the fan part. You no. read these and right. you just feel like, do I even know Jesus? Right? You like, <laughs> yeah. and, but, but at the time he wrote those, that's how his peers felt too. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is leading this kind of resistance community, and he's one of the few pastors that are speaking mm-hmm. up. And so much of the you know German Lutheran Church is kind of just following step by step. But but he, uh, there's this resistance work that's happening. But in that. Uh, the pastoral community begins to talk to Dietrich about how it's, it's, it feels legalistic. It feels hyper-religious. It feels too much. And 
Dietrich at the time is starting a, a Bible college. Basically, he's like, I can't, I can't change, I can't change what's happening from where I am. He goes, he starts this Bible college, and uh, and again, the intensity level. Mm. He has a friend who comes, and in some way, he's trying to confront him, like, hey, I get it, it's bad, but you're you're over, you're overreacting, oh, right. Oh. right? And it's where Dietrich Bonhoeffer comes into this place where he had this small you can go visit and say it was just a plaque today, but you can go and visit the space where Dietrich Bonhoeffer has this like resistance pastoral training college. And it's up on a hillside and he says he looks down and down below is an SS training camp, right? Where, you know, 13, 14 year old German boys are being indoctrinated mm -hmm. and we, there's no mercy for uh, for Hitler and the evil of the Nazis, but you do have a mercy in your heart. These were children, children, were yeah. children that were mm -hmm. kind of indoctrinated mm -hmm. into this, right? And there's this, there's this. Uh, he stands up on the hillside and and he looks down and he just, this is what he says to his friend: "Goes this must be stronger than that, mm -hmm. right? This, this must be stronger than that. You mm -hmm. think I'm being too intense, but I'm telling you, mm -hmm. they're going to shape everything. That's right. And if, if this Wait. isn't stronger than that, then what are we mm -hmm. going to do?" And I just think there's something in that moment mm. that I, I don't pretend like we're facing Hitler in, a, in, a, in like a distinct form. So mm. I'm not trying to, to, to say, but I, I do think there's something in, in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's spirit that is a prophetic witness mm -hmm. to the church. Yeah. That's saying, hey, listen, I know the cost might be high, mm -hmm. but I'm telling you at the end of the day, this has to be stronger than that. Yeah, that's right. And the way we followed Jesus 50 years ago Maybe, 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 maybe in, a, in an untechnologicalized world, that's probably not a word I just made up, but in a, maybe, maybe in a pre-technology world, mm -hmm. maybe, in a, maybe in a world that wasn't as complex, maybe in a world that didn't have as many overlapping things, maybe in a world where secularism hadn't gone as far, maybe we wouldn't have to be this intensive. Maybe when the TV wasn't in your home every night, we just forget our normal is so unnormal. That's right. It's so peculiar. Mm -hmm. And I just, believe if we don't catch a vision of spiritual formation that to some will look like legalism uh, that's we'll, okay that's, we won't be able to move forward that's okay i mean I, we notice that in, in our students arriving for our discipleship training school there's just a difference things that we used to be able to build from just kind of a mm -hmm. you, you had an assumption that people came in believing the bible is the you know the authoritative word of god and you, there's right. certain things that you you felt like well we we're sure our students coming in they're believers and therefore they believe these things it just isn't true across the board anymore. No. You know, so <clears throat> you know they, they've had an experience with Jesus. They've you know they've been saved by grace through faith, uh, which is a gift of God, and that's wonderful. But then there's there's all these other thoughts that are that are not biblical that they bring with them, and there's not the foundation. So talking to pastors and to YWAM leaders who are having young people come to them that really they, they've come to Christ, but they need that spiritual formation. What, what would you recommend? What's the pathway? Well, that you'd one recommend? thing, I, yeah, one thing I would say to YWAM, and I think this is hard because there's that tension. I know I've talked about it with many YWAM leaders, and that you have this calling, right, of activating of young people onto the mission field, and there's this sense of I, we do not want to compromise this calling, and I, I'm all in on that. Amen. But I also want to say, hey, wait, there's there's got to be a place where at least you recognize where entire not, not everybody who's coming to this it would be an overstatement but there are there are two people coming into YWAM mm -hmm. and there I just think even on a large level base by base certainly but even on a large level mm -hmm. needs to be the question asked 
of like, is this an assignment from the Lord? Mm -hmm. Because if it is, we need to give ourselves to it. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't, then we need to learn how to say no to these people. Mm -hmm. YWAM has a unique place right now of being a last ditch effort for people who don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's not a, that, it, that's not a, 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 a low statement of YWAM, mm -hmm. that's a high statement. There are mm -hmm. people who are hurting, who are, they don't realize what's happening in their lives. And they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're one step away from giving mm -hmm. up on Jesus. And YWAM becomes, yeah, YWAM becomes an anchor of going, mm -hmm. well, if it's real, it'll work here. Mm -hmm. And that's an unfair pressure to put on YWAM. Mm -hmm. it's, it's why, you know, it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not, YWAM can't fix those problems, only Jesus can. Mm -hmm. A lot of times right. people are coming in with so much blindness, they don't realize the depths of what they mm -hmm. believed and what, how they've given their heart over. Mm -hmm. But, but I would say, there has to be a recognition within YWAM that you have an incredible amount of people coming in, that they are coming in because if it not if not YWAM, they're done mm -hmm. with Jesus. And I believe that a space somehow needs to be welcomed for them. And and not not to but the but to see the challenge of it, but mm -hmm. to see the assignment of it and the grace of it, mm -hmm. right? And I think that because I do believe if these people, these are the very people mm -hmm. who, if they can find Jesus in the midst of that, and I'm saying that and say, I believe many of them right. have come to a salvation sure, experience. Of Some probably haven't. Right. Um, Which has been true as well. But that these people, where they can find the true gospel and see Jesus move in their lives, these are the these are the souls who become Paul's. Mm -hmm. These and by the way, they are also the the tr translators. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. You know, Michael, like, like when, even when I started these conversations on secularism, mm -hmm. uh, it, they, they were my, they were my conversations. Mm. And now I'm realizing I, if I don't, if I'm not working out my language or talking with the, 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 the resonance with mm. a 22 year old, it's a different story. Mm. And so, you know, there's so this, good. I remember that I'll just tell the story real quickly. Sure. I, I, um, what my family had lived in Oregon for a little bit, I went to visit and we went to like a, I don't even remember what city it was in, but it was on the Oregon coast and we went to a museum uh, about the, all of the waterways that kind of exist outside of Oregon. And it was really stunning. I didn't expect how beautiful the museum was, how fascinating. They talked about there's all these waterways in Oregon that are so dangerous and they require uh, a level of like mastery to navigate them that there's these stretches of miles that if, uh, if you try to just do it on your own, uh, the, the, the likelihood of you crashing, the amount of boats that have crashed are overwhelming. So what they have to do in these processes is basically captains that memorize the floor, the sea floor, uh, because you can't trust where the water is. That's what makes the, this mm. unique place so deceptive is people try to make decisions based on the water and where they were last time. But you have to actually know, they, they, so they memorize a stretch of the seafloor and there will be a helicopter that comes in, they'll drop off a captain, they'll pick one up. The, the next captain who's memorized the next part of the seafloor takes them where it's safe, they'll come, a helicopter will drop off the new captain, and, and this will, I mean, it was fascinating oh, to learn this. And when, I, when I read this, when I was there and I heard that, I mean, I just realized this is the moment we're in. Mm. And if you try to read by the water level, you're gonna misread the situation. Mm -hmm. And there is a thing where we have to find, we have to know the seafloor. And there has to be an ability to go this, and, and there's this mm. place of going even here. Mm. At the end of the day, it will be people 
who deconstructed and realized what happened and found Jesus and reconstructed into the gospel and his image that will be the very people who know how to get us through. Mm. Those are the captains that we have to find mm. because it's, it's something there that, uh, that, that mm. actually has the ability mm. to walk the way through this in a way where, where even we, we can, we need to stand our ground. We need to, we need to bring courage mm. and we need to bring grace. Mm. We need to bring boundaries. We need to, we need to know these situations on a level we can speak to them. But then at the end of the day, we have to like raise up those navigators. Mm -hmm. And those navigators are often going to come mm -hmm. from the people who, where they began was from really uncertain places. Right. And that's why I think YWAM has a unique calling mm -hmm. in this that they can't miss. Yeah. And why it's worth making room mm -hmm. in, a, in a ministry that started to activate young people to the mission field. Why mm -hmm. would you make room for people who might be on the last step mm -hmm. of following Jesus? Yeah. Because I think... I think these are the people mm. who matter. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. You know, the, the posture of our, one of our values about championing young people, it's just, it, it's, it's more key than ever. And I was one of those young guys that came to YWAM as my last ditch effort yeah. on Christianity. Thank God they accepted me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I was, 40 I mean, years, I 42 years later, I'm still, you know, and, and your story is similar. I can't even mess. Yeah. And uh, so grateful. And, yeah, me too. And, yeah. I think there, there needs to be a place and we need to know how to, we need the wisdom of the Lord to navigate that, you know? So, yeah, yeah. the, um, this whole spiritual formation, I, I don't know if maybe you can speak to this idea where, what are we forming people to, you know, we, mm -hmm. we, you were, you were talking about the authentic Jesus or the, you know, the, I don't think, I don't know if you use those words exactly, but we kind of had this with this uh, image of Jesus. That's, that's really more about us. And yeah. we, we, we've got to forsake that and really, really embrace the Jesus of the Bible. Yeah. I don't know if you can speak to that at all in terms of the formation. Because I think that's yeah. so critical because we're not doing that as a, a generation, you know, generally speaking. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm. It's uh, a big topic yeah, in a short time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we don't have time for that. No, I have so many thoughts. But I'll say this. You know, that's a big, so admitting that I can't, you know, I would want, that would take me, you know, uh, I don't know, four or five hours to, to answer because I, I have this brokenness inside of me, this inability to just So before you're done, we do need to tell them how to get your no, podcast. Yes, I, I'm just admitting that's a problem. I need, I need to actually learn how to answer things more simply. But I, I would say that I would say that in that place, um, we just have to recognize that the, the Jesus of reality, which is the Jesus of the Bible, mm -hmm. the, the historical Jesus who we would hold to be the resurrected Jesus, to be the God Jesus, the fully God, fully man, what we hold to in that. He will offend you. Mm -hmm. uh, he is not from a culture of any humanity. He is from a kingdom culture. And that kingdom culture, no matter who you are, will offend parts of your humanity. It will offend parts of your cultural beliefs. Um, you think about the New Testament. People say all the time, like, oh, we got to go back to the early church. I'm like, we're there. Mm -hmm. I promise you. You want to know why every letter in the New Testament was written? Because people hurt each other. Mm -hmm. Like you have every letter that Paul writes, every epistle that's in Peter or John or Jude or uh, you know whoever it may be, is because when human beings of different places and different spaces get together, they, they struggle to live together. Mm -hmm. Problems get created. Believing the gospel becomes mm -hmm. filled with heretical ideas, and we need help. Mm -hmm. So. So listen, welcome to the early church. It was right. hard. And 
we need the guidance mm. and the wisdom and the leadership of Jesus in the midst of that place. And so I think that the what we have to recognize is that Jesus, Jesus who doesn't look like me or Jesus I don't pick apart to just pick the parts of him I like. Jesus, all of Jesus will confront me, mm. will challenge me, will expose to me where I bought into idolatry and where I trust other things. And because we don't, you know, we don't live in an ancient world where we're not going to a temple to worship our idols, where I'm not going into some secret closet in my house with household gods, that my idols that are real are in my wallet and in my cell phone and in my heart and in my mindsets because, because I can hide them. I ask, I have to do it as they don't exist. But the process of, of Jesus coming and confronting and asking me if I will follow him means will I leave my idols. Mm. And we have to let that Jesus confront our idolatry again. And we have to walk through the process of discipleship and formation submitted to the way of Jesus. We need to find people who, like Paul, would say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, who are anchored into the historic gospel that believes that the Bible is uh, the, the, the anchor, that it is trustworthy, that it is authoritative, and not in a false fundamentalism. I understand that there are people who have taken that and become pharisaical with it. They, the Bible being authoritative means I can take any part of the Bible out of context and do anything I want to with it. It's not what I'm talking about. Right. In the right way and holding it mm. to be a right truth mm. that then we submit to its authority and we allow that process through community and discipleship to become that part of our life. Mm. And so I would just say we need to reclaim all of Jesus mm. and all of Jesus will offend you. Mm. And if you're if Jesus isn't offensive to you in some way, then, then there's something about mm. him you're hiding. Mm. And we have to let that place cultivate our lives to full mm. That's so yeah. good. Well, you, you've, you've talked about it. you got to take four or five hours to unpack this thing. So how do people get more of your content? Yeah. Well, you can uh, find our church's podcast, which is just our weekly sermons. And, which which uh, is? Can you, at the Square. square. Uh, so it's called, our church is called The Square. So you can find that, I think, anywhere podcasts are available. Mm -hmm. Or you can go to our website, which is thesquare.org. And on there, we do have a lot more resources mm -hmm. our schools. Um, we have a lot of discipleship content. There's, uh, we've done several things uh, and projects uh, around sexuality or gender, uh, discipleship and formation. So you can find those things there. I'm also the co-host on the Jesus Culture podcast. So you can go find that. They're actually a little more fun, a little more diverse and lighthearted, but but we get serious, but they're fun. So there's a lot of different pathways. And, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with us here yeah, this thanks. week. I feel like it's been so impartational. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah.